like this is Dudes Who Bet Sports. Dudes Who Bet Sports, it's your favorite show. Dudes Who Bet Sports, where degenerates go. Dudes Who Bet Sports, time to change your approach with Aaron Holderman and his father, the coach. Let's ride. Well, the Associated Press is full of shit. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Dudes Who Bet Sports show. Show three on the channel today. We still have one more to go with the Magic Mike show as well. So a lot going on as normal on a Thursday. Papa Dude, how are we doing this afternoon? Doing great. Ready to roll with this one. Hopefully we can hit some winners on this one. Yes. See what happens. That would be good if we hit some winners. If you watch the daily show, Samich's horse did get home as a winner Magic goes one for two in the daily double, but he did get the first leg of it. He was alive to a six to one shot as far as what the daily double was paying, but uh, could do no better than, I don't know, fifth or sixth. Ah. <laughs> didn't do much running. So, yeah, it's hard to hit those daily. You know, those daily doubles are hard to hit. They really they are hard to hit, but they do pay well. Yeah. Uh, kind of a lesson uh, to start the show. If you're bad in racing, you can make big money. Well, not big money, but solid money. Uh, betting heavy favorites in doubles so magic played a horse in the first leg of the double that was one to five he played it into a next horse that was two to one and it was paying six to one for the daily doubles so you did he did the job of creating value very very well that's what you want to do but it didn't come in that's the problem anytime you got a one to five horse and you can make six to one on anything that's pretty good it, absolutely. Yeah. That's, I always tell people, look at the exacta will pays, look at the double will pays. That's how you can kind of create some value on a heavy favorite. And the heavy favorite came through, uh, but uh, not the other horse, unfortunately. Right. All right. Let's do it. Let's do NFL. Let's get to it. So All right. what we're going to do, we're going to do the NFL. I'll put it up on the screen now for us. We're talking about those four games. Then we're going to go to the listener mailbag. I've got a couple of questions from oh. listeners that have been sent in. If you're listening and you want to ask any question. Anything. Yes, you can do it after we do these NFL games. Now, if you Love want it. questions about the NFL games, go ahead and ask them. But if you if you want to know anything else other than that, <laughs> end of the show, probably the last 20, 30 minutes of the show, that's what we're going to do. So, yeah, and, and, and you're talking to two highly educated people here. That's right, yes. Yeah. Who... who know a lot about a lot of things so any subject yeah maybe we'll bring dr tang on and you can ask him medical questions as well i would love to ask some of those that would be great <laughs> i'm halfway through my first coffee too so i'm feeling good for this oh show. yeah um, good needed it after blinkers off all right let's go let's go to the nfl here we'll start saturday we'll start the 330 game the first game jaguars and the chiefs jaguar uh, chiefs eight and a half point favorites here uh, they played in the regular season. Jaguar, or, uh, Chiefs handled them pretty easily. Jaguars seem lucky to be here. Can they keep the luck going? What do you think of this first one? I think they drew the worst draw they could have drawn. Don't you? I, I, I have tried to figure out a way how they can win. They can't if the Chiefs play well. The Chiefs are just better. And when you start breaking down statistics, and I know statistics are for losers – you know, there's just there's just not much you can you can bank your hopes on for the Jags, because here's the thing: the Chiefs aren't the Chargers, and they better not get behind twenty-seven to nothing against the Chiefs, because you ain't coming back on them. 
It's not happening. I just don't think the Jags are good enough to beat the Chiefs. Do you? No, I don't. And I don't think they shouldn't really cover either. I think the Chiefs should get it done pretty easily. Um, You you know, I I think Jacksonville's chances to control the ball with their running game, and they do run the ball pretty well. Maybe they could keep it away from the Chiefs enough to keep it close. I I just look at the Jacksonville team and say, okay, you were on your home field against a Tennessee team two weeks ago that didn't have a quarterback. Right. A miracle for you to win that game. Right. Yep. They did win. And then last week you're down 27 to nothing at home against a Chargers team. It took a miracle for you to come back and win. Yep. They're lucky to be here. They've had a really good season, big turnaround season. I think it ends. I'm going to Chiefs minus eight and a half. Yeah, I never take the Chiefs to cover, but I think he got to in this one. And and I don't want to knock what they've done, what the Jaguars have done. That's an incredible turnaround. I don't care who you are. But I'm trying to find here real quick who they beat. Let's kind of look. Okay, they beat the Colts. Let's see, did they beat them twice? No, they lost them once. <laughs> Colts are horrible. Uh it's it's kind of ironic. They beat the Chargers twice. They yeah. beat them in the regular season, and then they beat them. Uh, they beat Vegas. They beat Baltimore. That's a good win. Uh, they beat uh, Tennessee twice. Mm-hmm. They beat Dallas. They beat the Jets, and they beat the Texans. It's so not they that got bad, really huh? That's not that bad. No, they've got a good win over Dallas, and yep. they got two wins uh, over the Chargers. And a good one against Baltimore. So, so there are some good wins sprinkled in there. They have won six in a row. They've won seven out of eight, eight out of ten. Uh, there's a lot of pro teams that would take that. That is a very impressive thing to do, to win that many games like that. So they're on a roll. Lawrence is capable of getting hot. We saw that. He's also capable of playing bad. Here's the key when you look at any game. Who has Mahomes? <laughs> the Chiefs do. <laughs> Who has Travis Kelsey? Uh, the Chiefs do. Who has a huge home field advantage? The Chiefs do. Why is this game first of the four? I, I, it almost feels like let's get this one out of the way. Absolutely what I was going to say. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they drew the 3.30 Saturday. Time slot. Yeah. This almost feels similar to when you see a late pick five sequence at a horse track. It's like, where's the major stakes? Well, they put it at race three because there's going to be a one to nine shot and they wanted that out of the late pick five. You know, yeah. Yeah. Uh, kind of that's a Saratoga move. You'll see a lot. Short field, uh, like when Nest was running, it's like, yeah, put, the, put that race early and then yeah. we'll go, go with the uh, more competitive races later. That kind of feels like this one as well to me. Uh, Jaguars, they're they're interesting. Uh, they find a way at times to play people closer than what you would think, including Kansas City. They got beat 27-17 the first time they came to Kansas City. They got way behind, and they did come back. And at least I think they covered that day. I think they were like 13-point underdogs right. or 10. Um, so I think they covered. But anyway, doesn't matter. I, they're not going to cover here. I don't think they're going to win here. That's, that's mm-hmm. worth that. I think they were heavy underdogs because they were like three and six when they played the Chiefs yeah. the first time. So I don't think it'll be much of a game. Uh, the Chiefs should win easy. Do, do you do you give anything to 
The Chiefs not play next last week. Sometimes you have a bye, you don't come back and play real well that first game. I don't think that's going to be the case with the Chiefs. I don't think it'll be the case with Kansas City. I do know what you're saying, though. Sometimes that does happen. Uh, I think with an experienced team like the Chiefs, it probably won't for them. But I get it. I mean, that's maybe they come out slow to start. and maybe They could, they they could overlook them. Yeah. They could overlook them, and they may always say, oh, we got this one. And be focused on next week because that one won't be so easy. So we'll see. Absolutely. Next week's going to be a battle no matter who they play. We'll get to that in a second. All right. Let's go to the Saturday night game. I think this is going to be a really good football game. Uh, The Giants and the Eagles, you know, Eagles have taken care of them a couple times. Giants are playing really, really well coming into this game. The Eagles are a seven and a half point favorite here at home against the Giants. Who do you like in this one? Yeah, I'm a huge Eagles fan because of Jalen Hurts. uh, And I really, I really want him to win. I think that line might be just a tad high. I could see the Eagles being very nervous coming into this game. Can you? It's a big spot for for a team that's not used to being in that kind of spot, yeah. Right, and the Giants have got a game under their belt. So this is where this bye comes in to me. The Giants have nothing to lose, plus they played through the pressure last week on the road. They know they can go on the road and win. They run the ball well, and you got to have that to pull off an upset of a heavy favorite. you got to be able to run the ball and control the clock. They can do that. they got a hot quarterback who's playing very, very well while the Eagles sat last week, sat around getting nervous. They lost two out of their last three games. Yes, Jalen was hurt, but still they lost. They got some of that momentum snapped. This is a scary situation, I think, for the Eagles. I think it is, too. I'm a little bit... I'm conflicted about what to do with this game. I've got pretty strong opinions in the other three that we're going to talk about. One we just did, two that we're going to talk about here in a second. I don't know what to do with this one. I've got a ton of respect for the Giants, and I think the Giants can can pull a little bit of an upset here. However, they did beat the Giants twice in the regular season, and when they had Jalen Hurts, the Giants looked really, really helpless against Mm -hmm. them. Um, As I just – feel like if we get the Eagles' best shot, they're probably going to beat them. Oh, I think so. so you, and, I, mean, I should say cover in this spot, but go ahead. Yeah. Uh, when you break down the stats and you look at some things, there's a couple of things that uh, stand out. The Giants have no standout receivers. They don't have anybody that stands out that has – good statistics. I think the whole thing with the Giants rests on the shoulders of Daniel Jones. And he was great last week, and he's been playing well. He's going to have to make some yards with his feet too. And I think he's the key for the Giants. Uh, When you look at their stats, okay, they've averaged scoring 22 a game. They've averaged giving up 22 a game. They've passed for 188 a game. That's pretty low. Mm -hmm. They've given up 215 a game. They've rushed for 150 a game. They've given up 145 a game. They look like a 500 team when you look at the statistics, which they kind of are. Then you look at what the weapons Hertz has besides himself. I mean, 
Hertz has thrown for 3,701 yards and rushed for 760. You know, he's responsible for a ton of touch, uh, 35 touchdowns, this guy. He's thrown for 22 and ran for 13. He has a great running back in Sanders. He's got tremendous receivers, A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith. They have the much better players. Yeah. If they play their game, they'll cover this. I really believe that. You know, Curtis says, hey, Eagles, young team, banged up quarterback. They did look awful in playoffs last year. But I think last year we kind of figured they were a little bit outclassed, where this year they look like the class as far as the NFC goes. I'm with you. I'm going to go Eagles minus at seven and a half. This is probably one I'm staying away from as far as actually putting a bet on, though. But my pick is going to be Eagles. Um, I just – Ah, if it was nine and a half, even I would think about the Giants a little harder. Yeah. Well, here they were awful in the playoffs last year, but they barely got in the playoffs. Yeah, they exactly. Were good. Yeah. I think at one point they were two and six, and they were trading all their players. Yeah. And then he got to rolling. This team has played extremely well all year long, and you know. They just aren't tested in the playoffs. But I think he's pretty healthy. I don't think he's banged up. He's he's had time to heal. Yeah, I think they played it safe with him. Hopefully they did. Hopefully he's okay. They didn't run him. They didn't run him in that last game, hardly. No. I, I want to talk about Daniel Jones for a second before we yes. go on. I know I scrolled up on the screen here, but I, I there was one other thing I want to talk about. Okay. Okay. What do you do with him long term if you're the Giants? Because I would venture to say there have been games where he kind of looks like the Daniel Jones that we've kind of known. Mm-hmm. But there's also been games like last week against the Vikings. I watched Daniel Jones. And it's like this guy is a good quarterback. The he, I mean, he made plays in that game. I, I guess it's a lot's going to depend on what happens in this game. You know, win, lose. What are they going to mm-hmm. do the rest of the way? But has he kind of shown that, hey, with, with good coaching like they've gotten, he's an actual legit NFL quarterback and, and somebody to take serious? I think so. What they did in the offseason was they improved the offensive line. The other big key is with him, Barkley's been hurt his first couple of years in the league, and he made it through the season pretty good this year. He's a huge key for them. They need to go out and get a receiver or two. If they could, If he had – the receivers Hertz has. Yeah. I think he's he is developing into a guy. I don't think you give up on him if, if you're the Giants. I don't know what you're going to get to better. That's the thing. This league is pretty short on quarterbacks. It is. And I didn't think I would say this. The more I watch him, you might be okay with him. You really might. And I really like how he's been able to run the football. This year, you do not think of him as a scrambling quarterback oh, until you watch him. Right? I will tell you, I didn't know he ran the ball as much as he does until Samich picked him in one of the best bets to, yeah. I think it was last week, yep. to go over 40 yards rushing. And when I first heard him say, What the hell are you talking about? And then I started looking it up. He has run the ball for a lot of yards. He's a weapon in that offense running the ball. And like I said, Jalen Hurts, we all know he can run it and for good reason. He's fantastic. But Daniel Jones has done a very, very good job. And Dennis, I don't think I'm ready to call him like a Big Ben type of guy. Not but yet. 
he definitely has made strides, and that's that's a good thing. So we'll see what happens. Well, looking here, uh, they've still got a ways to go with him and their offensive line because he was sacked 47 times this year. So they still got a ways to go. But they made a commitment to him in the offseason to build around him, and that tells you they're pretty sold on him. Mm-hmm. That they think, you know, he's their guy, and he sure looks like it at the moment. They had a great year; they really yep. have. We'll see if they can keep it going. Uh, yep. we'll, we'll see what happens here, and, and see if we can kind of get keep him on the right track, so to speak. I don't know if that's the right way to put it, but he definitely—it's it's nice. Listen, people love to pile on quarterbacks, how bad they are, and this and that, and he's been piled on a lot. Oh yeah. And it's nice when it goes the other way for him. I don't care if I hate the guy or love the guy. It's nice that they actually play some good games, get people off their back for a couple weeks at least. So, and he so plays. Yeah, he plays in that New York bubble yes. too. So, yep, yep. Uh, and yeah, Curtis says, "Hey, if you get the pieces around him, you can win with him." And that's what he's shown. And there's not everybody you could say that about. I'm confident Curtis is right about that. I, I am too. Yeah. And he had some very good stats at Duke in a similar situation where he didn't have good players around him. Yeah, it's two ways to look at it. You're at Duke, and it's like, yeah, whatever. But he didn't have good players around him. No, and they won some games and went to bowl yep. games. So. Yep, for sure. And, yeah, and as Curtis pointed out there, he's coached, he was coached by Cutcliffe. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. All right. Let's go to Sunday. To me, this is the game. Uh, well, I don't know. Both these games are going to be pretty good, actually. Uh, but this was one of the two here. The Bengals and the Bills were in Buffalo. The Bills are a five-and-a-half-point favorite in this game. Uh, it's going to be a good one. This is a, a, a classic game, in my opinion. Who do you like between the Bills and the Bengals? It's going to be, a, like you said, a really good dogfight, I think. There's not a whole lot to choose between these two teams. You know, it just depends on who you like the best at quarterback. You know, and that's up to your opinion. Uh, they're both as good as they get. I mean, they're 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 top they're top five. Yeah. Nobody can argue that, right? Yeah. In the yeah. league. Yeah. You might say they're top three. Mm-hmm. And you add Mahomes. And I don't think you'd have a lot of people argue with that either. You know, so this is really going to be good. I'm going with the Bengals because I just think they know how to win this time of the year. And I don't think they played well last week. And that worries me a little bit. But Buffalo didn't either. And I'm not like the way Buffalo play has played down the stretch. A lot of people are agreeing. Uh, I don't like the way the Bengals played last week, but I'm going to give them a pass because they had to turn around and play the same team they had played the week before. Yep. And Baltimore is one of those teams that seems to play you tough. They just do. They are a tough-minded team. they got enough talent that they can stick with you, and if you don't play very well, they can beat you, and that's what happened. I think they're going to play much better this week, and I think the Bills will too. I think they're getting a break. 33 degrees is not bad for Buffalo. That wouldn't bother Cincinnati either. They play in cold weather. I like the Bengals. There's not a whole lot to choose from. Uh, When you look at statistics, it's pretty even all the way around for these two teams. It's just going to come down to who makes that last play. I think this one will come down to the wire. 
I do too, and that's why I'm taking the Bengals plus the five and a half for sure. And I am taking the Bengals straight up. I'm going to bet bet them on the money line, and I'm 100 with Curtis. Joe Burrow, man, when his back's against the wall, I got I've got faith in him, and he showed it. He shows he can win on the road. They went to Kansas City and won last year. They went they went everywhere and won in the playoff run last year. Well, what I'm talking about so yeah, and 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 Buffalo is banged up in the secondary. Yeah. And that's going to hurt because uh, Jamar Chase, I don't think, gets enough credit. This guy is pretty solid. Mm-hmm. And T. Higgins is fine. And watch out for Mixon coming out of that backfield. He's another weapon. They use him a lot coming out of the backfield. That guy can catch the ball, and he's dangerous in the open field. So they've got a lot of weapons. They're kind of underrated on defense. They seem to get the job done when they have to. So, Curtis said division opponents uh, playing for the third time always creates a level of variance, and that's the thing. And I give both the Bills and the Bengals a little bit of a pass. True. Yes, I know the Dolphins were shorthanded like crazy, but still, division opponent, you get up ahead of them, you kind of fall asleep thinking this is easy, yeah. and you don't factor in that there's another team over there that's going to fight back, yeah. you know, so – and then with the with the uh, Ravens and the Bengals, and really anytime the Ravens play anybody, that's kind of the game, right? It that's kind of what happens. You Every just don't like, know. Yeah. Um, Dennis talked about the crowd going to play a big factor. I don't think there's any doubt they will. This is the thing. The NFL got it right with the Bills and the Chiefs, I think. If that happens, going to be on a neutral field. Mm-hmm. This should be on a neutral field as well. Yeah. With the Bengals, you know what? You're right. Kind of got screwed in this whole they deal. They, they did. Could have easily beat the Bills, and then this game would be in Cincinnati. So, uh, yeah, that that is something that's not being discussed enough either. I don't think. Yeah. Do you? No. This game should have been played somewhere else. Yeah, they they got the raw end of the deal. They did. Yeah. That's right. Because if they won that game, this game would be in Cincinnati. Yeah. Exactly. And. And not only that, Aaron, unless I'm mistaken, I say they well, wait a minute, they would have it would have been on a neutral field uh if they won and they were in second place. Yeah. The they, Chiefs game would have been on a neutral field. Right? Well, no, then it would be the Chiefs were the legit number one, and the Bengals were two, and the Bills were three. If that game would have been played and the Bengals won. So they would have had to pl- go to Kansas City no matter what. Yeah. See, that's not right either, is it? No, that is 100% right. (laughs) (laughs) You're you're confusing yourself. Yeah, it's terribly wrong. No, no, that's correct. That's how it would have been. Yeah. So, So, listen, the bottom line is they're good enough to go win this game. No matter where they are, they are good enough to win. They beat Kansas City in Kansas City last year. Buffalo's no wilder than Kansas City. Exactly. They can go to Buffalo and win this game if they're good enough and they play good enough. I think they're both of them. I think they'll do both of those things. I think they're good enough to beat them, and I think they'll play good. You kind of mentioned some of their weapons. The Bills have those weapons too, for sure. But listen, the Bills haven't stopped anybody lately. No. The Bills, I know it was just two possessions. They looked clueless in the game when they matched up for a quarter and a half the first time. Yeah. So I'm taking they, don't, they don't have an outstanding running back either. 
The Bills? No. Mm-mm. He's okay. I mean, he's not bad. A lot of their running game goes through the quarterback. That's right. And That's right. I think I, Josh Allen's going to be the key to the game, honestly, because he has been so hit and miss. He has. And, you know, he's thrown 16 interceptions. Yep. He's been sacked 40 times. Burroughs has been sacked 45 times. Yeah. These guys have got to be beat up a yep. little bit. Yeah. The difference is Burroughs don't run the ball like Allen does. Correct. Now, what? Who did you actually pick? I didn't. I never heard. I'm going uh, Bengals plus five and a half, and I'm like you. I think they're going to win. Okay, I think you said it. I just missed it. So, all right. So you're. We're both on the Bengals plus the 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 points there plus the five mm-hmm. and a half. All right. Final game. I think this one's pretty tricky. Uh, yep. And I guess that's the trend. Both these NFC games. I've said this about now. Cowboys on the road here to take on the 49ers. Cowboys big road win last week. 49ers look good against Seattle, no doubt about it. 49ers like four-point favorite here against the boys. All right. What do you like? This is the one I'm staying away from. I'm just staying away from it because here's the deal. We can't trust Dallas, can we? I mean, after last week, you want to. Mm -hmm. Because they went in there and they manhandled Tampa. Like they should have. They did what they should have done. So you want to think they can come into San Francisco against a rookie quarterback and do the same thing. But can you trust them? That's just the deal. And I think the 49ers are much better coached than Tampa. I think anytime the quarterback's the head coach, you have a problem. And I'm not knocking Brady, but I do think Brady's a better coach than who they have. As there, I just think there was all kinds of problems in Tampa. Yeah. And that's unfair to Todd Bowles uh, to knock him like that because I don't think I don't think he had enough respect to handle the whole deal. So I'm trying to say. Right. So Shanahan's perfectly in control in in San Francisco. Purdy has been amazing. We've documented that a million times. He played really, really well last week against Seattle. Dallas is better. This is the best team he's played against. When you look at the statistics, he hasn't had to do a whole lot because the rest of the team is so dang good. Can Dallas stop McCaffrey? That's a big key. Can they do it? They have a three-headed monster at receiver. San Francisco does. I mean, those guys are good, all three of them. Their defense is really, really good. Will their defense be able to frustrate Prescott into screwing up? I think that's the key, don't you? I think that is the big key, yeah. And, and that's that's what it's going to come down to, in my opinion. Um, yeah, a couple of good, good comments before I give my pick here. Curtis says, if you are a DVOA guy, I don't even know what that is, Dallas is 31st in variance, which means basically they are the most inconsistent team in the league. I, I could believe that. Yeah. He also says he does not trust Dak and McCarthy in big games. So that's another one. How can you argue that one? Okay. Dennis says, hey, here's where the whales come <laughs> off, and it doesn't look pretty. Like <laughs> it. Played the Bucks, Seahawks twice, Commanders, Raiders, Cardinals. Look mm-hmm. at those teams. They don't have the pass rush ability that the Cowboys do. Absolutely. Yeah. We pointed that out last week, Dennis, uh-huh. that they have. he's not really played a real good team. Yeah. 
So this but, this is God, definitely going to be a test. Yeah, it is. But God, he's looked good. He looks like he's been in the league forever. He really has. But he hasn't had to do a whole lot. And it's they are really good everywhere. Mm-hmm. San Francisco is. They are solid. Their defense is so tough. We have seen Prescott play like crap. Oh, yeah. And this could happen. They could get in his face and get in his lunch, and he could get frustrated. Do you think the Cowboys have enough at receiver if San Francisco can shut down CD? No, I don't. Who's their secondary guy besides the tight end who's really good? Yeah. Do you trust Pollard at running back? I think he's pretty good. I do. Yes, I do. Yeah, I think they're solid there. Uh, you know, last year they had Cooper that would help CD out a little bit. There's no doubt CD Lamb is he's fantastic. He's great. He, yeah. You know, but can the 49ers take him out of the game? If they do, I think Dallas is in deep trouble. Yeah. Is McCaffrey good enough to carry them because I think they're going to ask him to do a lot. You know, and I thought that in this game last week and they didn't really ask him, but there, look, there's going to be a time and you know, this is going to happen where the quarterback is going to need to make big plays at big moments when they have to have it. Yep. And that's when I think it's all going to fall apart. Uh, it might. Let's let's also say this. What if Dallas gets ahead? What if they get uh, the first first possession? They go down and score, and then they get a, then they get a three and out, mm-hmm. and they go score again. And suddenly you're down fourteen to nothing. They'll, now I'm not saying that happens, but what if it does? That's when you need the experienced quarterback. Mm-hmm. That's the key. That's what I keep saying. It's going to happen eventually to the 49ers, and I think they'll crack. Yeah. I don't think Dallas will show up and do it to them, though. I think the 49ers get it done. I like them a lot. You know, I should have researched this a lot and go back and look at the the games that he started and see if they've ever been behind, like at halftime. I, really I don't think they have. Just thinking about it, I don't think they have. I haven't went back and looked. It seems like they've jumped ahead of almost. That's that's what I'm thinking, too. I don't remember the Niners being behind in any of these games down the stretch. Uh, I'm trying to look at this. Uh, I know they weren't against Arizona. They were not against. They may have been. You know what? Wasn't Seattle ahead at the half last week? Yeah. I think Uh, it was 17 to 16. Okay. They were behind, but we're talking about in a hole, right? Yeah. Like they came out and right. they jumped on top of them. Right. Yeah, Seattle was ahead. Okay. Seattle was ahead in that game. Did anybody really think Seattle was no. going to win that game at the half? No. So that's what we're talking about. We're talking about behind and in trouble. Yeah, I don't um, think they have been. No, I don't think they have been. Let me look at this Raiders game. They may have fallen behind big here. They were down like 10 to 7 early. That doesn't, that, really that doesn't count. No. No, yeah, right here. Third quarter against the Raiders. They were behind 24 to 14. Okay, so he pulled them through that. And they got a drive right after and scored. 
And then they stopped them, and they went down and kicked a field goal. And then, yeah, they kind of pulled away from them. Yeah, okay. so the Raiders game does would be one where you can cite, hey, right. they did get behind. Now, it was the Raiders, but – Still, those on the road. Yeah, yeah. So I maybe you can't make the case that you're making there, you know? Well, we'll, both, we'll all agree. This is going to be a fantastic story if this guy can get them. Yeah, the Super Bowl. <laughs> Can you just imagine well, what if the Chiefs get in, or rarely anybody, Chiefs, Bengals, or Bills? Yeah, you got those quarterbacks up or against Jacksonville, <laughs> huh? or Jacksonville. No, oh, that'd be a dog, wouldn't it? Yeah, that'd be, <laughs> that'd be a disappointment. Well, no, that would be a great story. It would be a good story. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, I don't think that's going to happen, but. The 49ers can definitely win the NFC because there's no dominant team in the in the NFC. There just yep. isn't. No. And right. he, and Mike Mike has, uh, Samich has said the same thing. He thinks Dallas is the best team in the NFC, and I think probably talent-wise they probably are. But yeah. I don't know whether they yeah. can win the game. Uh, professor here says the Raiders not really a road game, more red in that stadium. That's <laughs> probably, probably so. That's probably true. But still, you're probably absolutely right on that. You're behind ten points, NFL. And you came back. I mean, it is what it all is. I know is every time I've seen him play, which isn't a whole lot, he's played very, very well. It looks like he's played in the NFL his whole life. That's what gets me. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> he's amazing. It's been amazing for those of us that watched him. All those years in the Big 12. He had yeah. his moments. He had his moments, but he also made some very bad plays and killed him at certain times. We'll see if that continues uh, in the NFL. Eventually it might. Uh, I, listen, you're, going I, Niners, you're going Niners minus four. I am going Niners minus four. Where are you going? I'm saying I cannot. I don't have any faith in Dak Prescott and the Cowboys. I do think McCarthy's a good coach. A lot of people don't, but I think he's pretty good. I think he – I don't think he's good. He's a good in-game coach. No, maybe not, but he gets his teams he, – he wins a hell of a lot of football games in the NFL. <laughs> it, it, they usually feel like when they start the game, they are prepared and ready to play. It's mm -hmm. just as the game goes on, it, it, it can go the other way on him pretty quickly. Let's put it that way. I don't think he's great in-game, but – We'll see. Dennis is going boys' money line. All right. Uh, that's what gambling's all about. I don't – I think there's a lot of coaches right now we can say are having some struggles in-game. <laughs> do you think maybe – you think down the road we're going to see instead of a defensive coordinator – I mean, you're going to have a defensive coordinator and an offensive coordinator. Are we now going to have an in-game coordinator? Is that going to be our next <laughs> – Honestly. I would take like I would eliminate like four or five of these stupid coaches, you know, and I would make one coach the in-game coordinator. Yes, because yeah. that is needed. This it's bad. It is bad. Yeah, we've seen every it every game. Something's happening, and it's like these are sometimes it's experienced coach, and they well like a McCarthy or like a Harbaugh, and they just I I don't know I don't know. Yeah. Um. All right, that's it for the NFL. Now we're going to go on and we're going to do our next segment, which is just an open forum. Uh, I've got a couple of listener questions from emails that we've gotten in the past. Okay. But if you have other questions, go ahead and, and shoot them in the chat now and we will answer those as well. 
kind of close out the show here with the mailbag uh, part of uh, the uh, segment, so to speak. All um, right. Curtis asked a good question, and he didn't mean it for this, but I think it is a good one. We'll start with this. Says, uh, you know, talking about Brock Purdy, the guy's super experienced in college, which helps. Purdy playing this well, does it hurt Campbell's reputation as mm. a head coach at Iowa State? Because Curtis, like us, seemingly has watched Brock Purdy play a lot at Iowa State, and he was bad. And I'm not going to argue that. A lot of people will show us the st stats and say, look, he did this and he did this. If you watch the games, this guy was bad. And I, I don't want any debate on it. He was not good at Iowa State. So to this question, what does this mean for Campbell's reputation as a head coach? Hmm. All I'm going to say is Iowa State is a horrible place to coach. Yeah. And try to win. Year after year. I, let me, let me repeat. Go ahead. Well, I'll just say, Iowa State is a great place. Yes, that's what I was getting ready to say. But it's a bad place to coach football because you are banging your head against the wall there. It, it is. Yeah, I, I, that's I, that's what I was getting ready to say. I have a lot of admiration for Iowa State and the way they support their teams. And I think Campbell, he must love it there. You know, and there's probably very little pressure on him, although he built that up to where now they expect to win and go to bowl games. And if you look at the history of Iowa State football, that's never happened, not consistently. He should have got out of there because now they're going to start getting on him. Yeah. So does it hurt his reputation as a head coach? I don't think so. I think what's going to hurt his reputation is if they go five and seven again next year and well, four and eight the next. Here's the thing you got to pause about, Curtis, because I, I definitely get your point. I do too. But but Brock Purdy's the best quarterback that Iowa State's ever had. Absolutely. And that tells you what the problem is. They can't get consistently, I should say, no. they can't consistently get good good enough players to compete at that level. Yeah year after year after year, you look back at Dan McCarty. He mm -hmm. was a like uh, the, one of the, oh, he's the, one of the greatest coaches in college football when they had Seneca Wallace and they were, they had a couple years there where they were really, really good. He should have left. He yeah. stayed and he eventually got fired. And it's not because he forgot a coach. It's because he, he couldn't get the talent year in and year out to go to mm -hmm. Iowa state. No. Yeah, David Shaw is another one. Year in and year out, you can't get the talent at Stanford mm -mm. to compete at that level. But you, no. you you can get lucky or just do a really, really good job and, and get some guys and it works out. You have a few years, get the hell out of there at that point, right? I think what happened to him is he hasn't had that elite quarterback the last few years. How are you supposed to get an elite quarterback every year at Stanford? That's right. <laughs> or Iowa State for that matter. Right. Yeah. If you if you if you watched Iowa State this year, they didn't have much, but they were still damn hard to beat. Well, here's the deal: if Brock Purdy was at Iowa State this year, they would have probably would have been about eight and four. They would have, because as as much as we're like, oh, it's Brock Purdy. He was terrible at Iowa State. He's much better than what they had this year. Yeah. I would think because I at one time Matt Campbell could have went. Anywhere, probably. Uh -huh. I think he loves it up there. I think he's a co he's first. 
he's a football coach and he likes coaching football. I, and it's I a great never, place to live. Mm-hmm. I had never been to Ames, Iowa until this year. We went and watched OU play up there with our, our buddy Paul. And I get why people want to stay. It's a great place. It it's, is. It's a really cool town. The facilities at Iowa State are really cool. They're good. Yeah. Guys, I mean, they were they weren't very good this year. That place was packed. I mean, yeah. it, it always is. I really liked uh, what I what I saw at Iowa State, but the reality of it is, it's really hard to get players year in and year out there. Well, and here's the other thing at Iowa State: who's the best team in the state? It's Iowa, yeah, and they're not that good, mm-mm. but they have more appeal than Iowa State does. You know, and they win more games. And that's tough to go up against, too. Now, with the Big 12 changing like it is, we'll see what happens at Iowa State. I'm saying they're going to stay right where they are. Yeah. They're just traditionally a five, six, seven win team. You win. Se- I've got a friend here in town that's uh, I was from that area, and uh, he he's a furnace and air guy and he came over to fix the furnace one day and we were sitting and talking and uh and we were talking about iowa state and he goes well here's the expectations at iowa state he goes if we go to a bowl game we've had a great year yeah okay when that's your expectations man it's tough to win at a place like that you know they're realistic though their fans are realistic they are no they are and i I spent time a taste of winning and now I don't know. That's the problem. The fans are realistic, but then when you have three or four years where you're where you're a little bit better than the expectation, mm-hmm. then the expectation rises. Okay, you went five and seven this year. Well, that's all right. Rebuilding year, you do it again. Well, this guy doesn't know how to coach all this. That's time. right, and that's what happens, and that's why it's so hard to coach. And that's exactly <laughs> what happened to Dan McCarty. They got yep. a couple of years there in the top ten, and. You know, they had, uh, uh, I think Sage Rosenfels was another quarterback he had success with up there. He had him and Seneca Wallace back-to-back. And then they dropped off the face of the map because you can't get those guys every year at Iowa State. We'll see. Yeah, Campbell could have maybe got the Nebraska job. I don't know. Um, But that would have been smart uh, for him. Let's see. Uh, We'll do this one real quick. Speaking of the Big 12, what do you think about Spencer Sanders going to Ole Miss to be the third-string quarterback? Spencer at Oklahoma State and would have been Oklahoma State's quarterback for sure this coming season. Said he goes to Ole Miss. What are your thoughts on that one? This is strange. It is strange. There's a ton of players that left Oklahoma State this year. Big time players. A mass exodus out of Oklahoma State, yeah. This is this guy holds all the records, I believe. I think he's broken all the quarterback records. Yeah. We've got, by the way, we've got a wicked like six horse photo for the win at Gulfstream right now. But anyway, oh. <laughs> uh, so why would you enter the portal when you're the number one quarterback in Oklahoma State history? And there's been a ton of good quarterbacks at Oklahoma State here recently, for sure. That's that's number one was odd, and number two, why are you going to Old Miss? Does there's a lot of places out the current quarterbacks at Old Miss. I don't know. I don't know. There's a lot of places he could have gone and started. He's pretty good when he's healthy. He's kind of a flake. 
But so many players leaving Oklahoma State, something's going on yeah. up there. Yeah. You know, and they fell apart this year down the stretch. You know, they got off to a great start. Uh, yeah, this is true. I read that, Curtis. He wanted to go back to Oklahoma State after getting into the portal, but Gundy told him he wasn't welcome back. Yeah. That's old school coaching that I admire Gundy for that, but you can't do that anymore. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, I, I mean, Gundy probably thought, get out of here. You know, I've done all I can for you or something like that. And then you shun me, and then he wants to come back. But I don't know. What happened there? We don't know. I know he got into a mess with the offensive coordinator, didn't he? Didn't they have a scuffle on the sidelines? So or shouting. Yeah, yeah he, I think I think he's had some problems with with multiple yeah. coaches there. Yeah. So and he is a strange dude. Yeah. And so is Gundy, but <laughs> but uh, this guy is kind of strange. So, so yeah, it's weird. It's a really weird. Situation. It's weird. We'll see what happens. He could not stay healthy either at Oklahoma State. That's a huge problem. Yeah. He'd get going and then he'd get hurt. And that would be that. Um, so yeah. we'll see. See what happens there. That's interesting. Yeah. Good question. Yeah. Uh, we did have one. Dennis, I see yours up there. I'll get to that one in a second for sure. We did have one email come in that wanted to get to. Uh, this was talking about gambling. So so a gambling okay. aspect of this uh, to, to kind of start here. Home advantage in gambling when you're gambling on sports. Mm. What sport do you think home advantage really plays a big, big factor in? Great question. And then what sport do you think, yeah, the home advantage, it isn't that big of a deal, and I shouldn't take that into my handicapping as much. So for you, what sport do you think uh, home advantage really makes a huge difference? Easy. College basketball. I agree. Yeah. College basketball, I don't know how a road team ever wins. In a, in a building that's packed, mm -hmm. and it's a good team. Yep. They're right on top of you. Uh, they don't have anybody going around saying, you can't say that. You can't say that. Right. <laughs> just, they say whatever they want. And it, it's it's – I don't know how those teams win. Uh, you take a Kansas and how they win on the road so much yeah. when they're hated. I mean, they're hated in the Big 12. Of course, they're good. Yeah. But, man, it takes a lot of guts to go in on the road anywhere. So I think that's the number one uh, place uh, for sure. Mm -hmm. I think football would be next. College specifically? Yeah. I think college football is pretty tough to go in there. You better be pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you go into Tuscaloosa and you win there, you've done something. <laughs> Yeah, there's no question. <laughs> I think I think college basketball is the right answer, and I think college football is second. I, I think in college it makes a big difference. In the pros, I'm not not quite sure it makes that much of a difference. No, not as much because you're talking about pro athletes. These guys have been through everything. It it doesn't bother them as much. Mm -hmm. I, it's still a, it's still an advantage. Now, uh, go ahead. Go ahead. I see what Dennis is saying here, and I kind of think you're right on the NBA. Yeah, I still think the NBA home court does matter. It does some regard. You're not when you're basketball shooters can be very fickle, right? Yeah, yeah. And some courts, some stadiums, some guys may not like to shoot as well as when they're at home, and 
maybe you just don't come out with that same kind of energy because you're on the road. And so I, I don't think it makes a huge difference comparatively to like college basketball, but I do think the NBA out of all the professional sports, maybe not from a crowd standpoint, but from I think a, it makes a, I think it makes a huge difference in the playoffs, more of a, more of a difference yeah. in the playoffs. Yeah. Cause Dennis is right in the regular season. There's so many regular season games. I want to get to this one too. Curtis says in pro stadiums, they're huge, luxurious, you know, not nearly as loud. Mm-hmm. It does feel that way. And I've been to a, a loud NFL stadium. I, well, Arrowhead stadium, which is a pretty good home field advantage. And also the uh, Gillette stadium where the Patriots play big home field advantage. And in both games I went to the home teams won, but at the same time, I've been to Florida State, right? When it when it's packed, and I've been to Oklahoma, obviously, and and you know some some places like that, and K State when they were really good. Oh yeah, it feels different in college. It it, it does feel like you're right on top of the field. I think you are. It, you can noticeably tell that the road team has trouble in those. Situations. When you think about these these venues in college, they're old, right? Most yes. of these places are old that have been refurbished. Yep. And and they built stadiums when back in those days when they were right on top of you. You no. don't see a lot of brand new football stadiums in college. No, Mm-mm. because they're usually built in a place on campus where that's where people have been going for fifty years. Yeah, and so they don't want to move the venue. Like at OU, the stadium looks brand new, but right. the guts of the stadium has been there since nineteen ten. Right, so, and how the bleachers sit are still the same. Oh yeah, that's where the field's at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, 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 yeah. so yeah. So now the one that I think's the least makes the least of my uh, what what what's what am I trying to say? Where you got the list uh, sport where the home advantage doesn't mean that much. Mm-hmm. What I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. I would say it's a toss up between baseball and hockey. I don't think hockey makes a huge difference. So here's the weird thing about hockey. It should, but it doesn't. Yeah. It so. should. Okay, hockey barns, you're talking about right on top of you and the crowd right next to you. I've sat in the front row of a hockey game now. Mm-hmm. I can say that. You can tell those players anything you want. Right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> You've got access to them, right? Now, they may come around there and hit you with a stick, though. Well, now <laughs> – they are very, they are very uh, intimidating figures. Yes, but, <laughs> but still, and also, a hockey fan is rabid as hell. Oh, they're right? nuts. We're out of our minds. You know, they're the best. And in hockey, you get to put when you're at home, you get to put the players you want on the ice second, meaning you get to see all the players that the road team puts on right. the ice. And then you get to put whoever you want to match right. up with them. Yeah. You would think those would be huge factors. They're not. The road teams win all the time in hockey. They do. They do. Yeah. You know, a lot of people that don't watch hockey, they don't realize the star players, they play about a third of the game. Yeah. It's a 60-minute game. They play 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. That's right. And, and, and baseball, what happens in baseball a lot of times a pitcher controls the whole dang thing. So if the the road team's pitcher is dominating the home team, they're going to win. Right. Yeah. So 
baseball, it's 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 very little a factor, and I think everybody kind of knows why. Yeah. Right. I mean, yeah. it's it just is what it is. But yeah, and 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 I don't know if these are. I'll take your word for it, there, professor, because you are a professor. Uh, hockey, fifty-four percent of the home teams win. NBA, it's over sixty percent. I believe okay. it. You know? Yeah. And again, I've talked to guys that played hockey uh, at the college level, and they're like, "Yeah, that that you know that last change that makes a huge difference when you're at home." And I always tell them, "Like bullshit, it doesn't. Like <laughs> lose at home all the time. Like the Blues go on the road and they'll win like five in a row. You know? Yeah, they don't play well at home. It doesn't matter, and it, but it should. It, it should. That should be a huge advantage. But it, it, it really is. You know, sometimes game sevens are. But you watch a lot of Game 7s, the road team wins. Yeah. They do. Exactly. It's, yeah. Uh, yeah. I think, again, too, it's a sport where one guy can control the game, and that's the goalie. True. Yeah. He can win the game for you, just like the pitcher can win the game for you. Yeah. In, uh, yeah. But you still want to play your game at home. You don't want to go on the road. Yep. No By the way, that that allowance or that allowance race at Aqueduct we talked about this morning. Yes. Show what a race! The two Chad Browns hit the wire together. The two Doctor Adito with the win. Good. Bob was second, so Chad Brown gets the exact. Ah, so Capit uh, didn't do. He didn't yeah, get. Yeah, Samich, Samich got his best bet of the day, but this in this race, uh, no, Saint Capit was. Yeah. Yeah. In this one. Yeah. But that you know. I, I do think in, in college basketball, just like today, I thought the games tonight were really hard. There was a lot of really hard games, and there was a lot of one-point, either way, games. I picked the home team in, in every one of them tonight. I just yeah. – it's just the, the way to go. Yeah, to wrap up the question, that's a good way to wrap it up, is when it's kind of like, oh, man, I'm, I think these teams are really close. And college basketball, put, pick the home team. Yeah. The way now, the other thing you can do too uh, on college basketball, look at a a uh, a road dog, somebody that's heavy favorite, not a road dog, a road favorite, somebody that's heavy favorite on the road. For example, tonight, one of our our, our best buddies, Doctor Tang, who hits a lot along a lot of uh, underdogs. He loves Purdue tonight to lose, to not cover against Minnesota. Right. And because they're 13 and a half point favorites on the road. And that's a lot. You, you need to look at those sometimes too. get those ones that are hit. One I looked at tonight and they're, they're secondary teams that nobody knows about, even though one of them is ranked Florida Atlantic is number 24 team in the country. Probably nobody knows it. They're 17 and one. They're like 16 point favorites tonight in San Antonio against Texas San Antonio, which is not a very good team, obviously. That's a lot of points to cover mm-hmm. on a Thursday night game when you got to travel from Florida to San Antonio. Mm-hmm. And you're 17 and one and you're ranked. I almost took that as my best bet today. Yeah. No, I I I agree with that. I definitely agree with that. And yeah. a lot of points, you're giving up a lot of points on the road. That's that's tough sometimes. I yep. Agree. Yep. What's old Dennis got for? Are you got another one? Uh, Dennis had one. We'll yeah, we'll do this one now because we're we're about out of time. We didn't. I I've got. I still got one. We may not get to it. We'll see. Oh yeah, we will. Uh, where in the hell did you ask that, Dennis? It's been too long ago now. Where is that one? Uh, 
gosh. Oh, man. I made a note of it. Okay, here it is, right here. Okay. Um, so Dennis asks, what is the most successful business move that you've done with racing dudes? Or there, is there any point where your business stuff uh, truly took off? Great uh, question. A really good question. Kind of give you a, a little bit of the backstory of what happened with us. So we, I believe it was like 2012 or, yeah, it's 2012. We started, basically it was just a blog about Oakland more than anything else. I thought else. it was Oakland. sooner than that. I thought it was earlier than that. No, so I think it's 2012. Uh, okay. Oakland, um, the Kentucky Derby, uh, you know, Triple Crown, that kind of stuff. And we did just like writing articles for about a year. And uh, basically what happened was I, I was – I got to where like I would go to Oakland to see who Terry Wallace picked that day. And then I would go to – the Naira track to see who, you know, so-and-so picked. And I was going to all these different sites to see who these people picked, not necessarily to play their picks, just to compare what I had versus what they had. And so I told Jared, I said, let's create free picks, just one pick, just one win pick for all the tracks. That was the first step to where we got to where we are now because we were the first site where you could go get a free pick for all the tracks in one place. You didn't have to bounce around. So that kind of was our first step to popularity. The next thing we did is we built a big custom website instead of just a template. And that was the next thing that shot us up. So those were two of the big things early. Um, yeah, and after that, just adding podcasts, adding videos to the site, just adding content was big. And the final one was COVID, honestly. Yeah. Um, everybody. That very well. Everybody shut down sports-wise. We had you five thought You tracks. guys were in trouble. You thought you guys were in major trouble. We had five tracks that stayed running. And, yeah, if one of them would have shut down, I think the other would, others would have followed – and I don't know where horse racing would be today because the whole industry, it's not just us, got a huge bump from that all across the industry. I got I got a question for you. Hold on, because we had thousands of new eyes on us, right? Yeah. And so we were at a point where we were ranking very well on Google for all this stuff that I'm talking about. And then when all those new eyes came, they found our site. So that helped immensely. So anyway, go ahead. Well, and part of that too was you got new gamblers because there wasn't anything else to gamble. 100%. And so a lot of the people we meet now when we go you know, to Saratoga or the Breeders' Cup, it's, which is basically just that big meeting hub for racing fans, uh, a lot of people say, I found you during COVID. Exactly. We've got – we've got – the people that have been that known about us for a long time still, but a lot of the newer people said, I didn't, some of them will say, yeah, I barely followed racing. Then COVID happened and now I'm back following it big time. Or a few have said, I, I never really knew what it was and I was bored and I like to gamble COVID there it goes. And I've stuck with it. So, yeah. So COVID was a tremendous break mm -hmm. for you guys. When I remember when that all went down, you guys were thinking we're done or we could be in big trouble. Yeah, I didn't really think. We were, thankfully, we were really 
established. Yes. Yes. And we were doing very, we were very doing well. well with the with the website. Mm -hmm. um, and then, yeah, it felt like we're all going to shut down. And honestly, we had hired Magic like a month before COVID. Oh, is that right? I thought he had been. Yeah. Around. And our biggest worry was we got Magic. He's quit his job. He's working for us. If all these tracks shut down, how long can we pay this guy <laughs> out of what we've got in our reserves before we have to let him go? And those were serious conversations because we felt like day after day uh, we weren't going to have racing at all. And like I said, who knows what would have happened if that would have happened. Yeah. Thank God it didn't. And we took advantage of it. But uh, I remember being at Will Rogers Downs uh, the last day you could go there before they shut it off to fans. They still ran. But uh, I was at Will Rogers down and I got a press release that Keeneland shut down their meet. And I thought to myself, this will probably be the last day we run, period. Because if a horse or if a, if a track like Keeneland is shutting down, well, there's no way Will Rogers is going to stay running, right, <laughs> in Fawner Park. But they did. Yeah, yeah. And they made a fortune because they stayed open off simulcast betting, right? Will Rogers, Foner, because people, yep. even even horse racing gamblers probably had never bet those tracks before, or not much, and then suddenly that's all there was. Mm -hmm. You had Foner, you had you had uh, Will Rogers, Oakland stayed open, right? Did Gulfstream? Gulfstream was open. Yep. And there was like one more. Tampa oh. Bay. Okay, and that was it, right? For uh, a month, maybe. Uh, for about uh, maybe two months. Even. Okay, uh, I'm trying to think. Now, then Churchill ca came Churchill back. Churchill came back. Yeah, um, Charlestown came back. Okay, so gradually, but those those five tracks held it together. Yeah, and Gulfstream and Oakland's big enough. Yeah, that they had good races. Yeah, and kept people interested. Uh, but my, my question was, how valuable in you guys getting started was it getting on the backside and getting to meet people involved in the sport on the backside? And that probably, gave you some credibility. Probably more valuable that you could put a, you know, a number on. Wasn't really. that a major thing? I think when you're just starting out and you're – you're that green and nobody knows who you are. Like that's the other thing. We had no background in racing at all. And I think it just kind of gave people early on that thought of, well, I mean, if they, if, you know, whoever says, Hey, I talked to the racing news today, it kind of gave you that credibility of, well, these guys aren't just like nobodies, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think it, I think it did a lot. It gave us credibility. And I think it, kind of gave us an idea of how it all works because that's again, what i was wondering yeah yeah we didn't know anything about the industry or anything we you just got started. on the backside and you learned the industry part of it you yeah. learned the yeah. nuts and butt bolts and guts of it yeah and we we got to know people that were friendly a and knew what they were doing b and that's as you go along you realize that's that's kind of rare too we were very lucky to get involved with who we got involved with um, yeah Oh yeah, you definitely. Because a lot of time, maybe the guy's nice or girl is or gal is nice, but they don't really know what they're talking about. And you're like, you might be thinking, well, 
if they're on the backside, they know what they're talking about. Not, not necessarily, right? <laughs> not necessarily, right. and, you know, to, to be successful in anything you do, you got to have a little bit of luck and you got to take that luck yeah. and make it work. Well, that was a deal. We, we got, and it's hard to say, and, and Dennis says we need COVID 2.0 and, and we do for racing purposes, but um, yeah, COVID happened, but we were ready for that influx of people because we had built the back end of our site and how we operate well enough that we were ready for an influx of people. Sometimes you might get that influx of people, but you can't handle them, yeah, you know, because you're not, the back end isn't really ready for it. So yeah, it really, and we didn't really do the free picks thing thinking that it would be that successful, but it, it, it happened. It just happened, you know? So yeah. that was kind of the luck. We had an idea and then we got lucky that people really liked that idea. And sometimes you have an idea and it, people, you might think it's good and people don't like it. And we've done that too. We've made a lot of mistakes too. So that's just yeah. how it goes. Well, uh, you got You got You got to have breaks along the way. Yeah. In anything you got, and then you got to take that luck lucky thing and then use it and then you got to have the right people working for you that are all in it together and 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 luckily and that'd be a story we need to get into one of these days how how you've met these people and you've hired them and some of them you've never met personally and you know how these guys have all we've we've all just meshed together into one big happy family as far as i know yeah no absolutely and that's that's another thing i should have mentioned and and sometimes i forget getting magic on board was massive right you, you know you have to when any business you do any venture you do you have to realize the points where you have weaknesses like I was writing the articles and editing the articles and that's not something I don't need to be editing anything. Like I, I'm not that great <laughs> with grammar and, and honestly, oh. I, I'm a lot better at it now because of magic. He kind of, but having him made the site look more professional and then having a guy like Samich, I mean, I don't, oh, yeah. think, I don't think, think you have to explain that. That is, that is yeah. interesting. In, in exactly. Yeah. But the point I was trying to make too, not only are these guys fantastic at what they do, they're nice people. They're good people and they're easy to get along with. And that's, yeah. that's. Well, a, we've been lucky. We never have to worry about them not doing what they're supposed to do. No. And, and that's a credit to them. And yeah, uh, I don't ever, I don't manage magic, right? Like you don't have to. No, he knows what he's supposed to do and he doesn't. And the same with Sonic. I don't have to, I don't ever text no. Sonic and say, Hey, why didn't you do this? Because no, they're dependable. They're dependable. And that's what yeah. you want. And. Yeah. That's rare in these days. So I know when we bought the sporting goods business that we had and uh, was very successful and still is, um, you know, we got lucky in the fact that when we bought it, we didn't know anything about it really, yeah. but we had the right products in the store. We had Nike. Mm-hmm. We had Reebok. We had Louisville Slugger. We had other brands that are nationally known. They were there. Yeah, you were you were set up to succeed. We were set up to succeed with yeah. the right people that go in there. So the lucky part was 
Just because we bought the store didn't mean we were going to keep to keep Nike. Right. We had to go interview with a salesman from this territory. If he didn't like us, we didn't get it. Well, we didn't know that was such a big deal at the time. Right. But our personality was good enough that he liked us. Yeah. I'll never forget that day when we came down and talked, and I was just myself. I didn't I didn't know a damn thing. Yeah. But he, he told me, he sat right there and said, you're going to have to do what I tell you, yeah. whether you like it or not. Well, when somebody of that stature tells you that, by God, you do it. You don't go because I bought shoes. I thought those are the ugliest shoes I ever saw. But he said, that's what you got. Those are going to sell. And they did. Mm-hmm. And so then you take that and you and, and then Jordan just boomed. I mean, he, he was big, but then it just went nuts. Yeah. And yeah. He was with Nike and we had Nike. So, and then the, the other thing we did, we pretty much made it a Nike store. We turned it into Little Nike Town is what we did. If you've ever been to one, that's what our store was. It was yep. full of Nike. And then the other smart thing we did, everything in that store, Nike, was 20% off. We didn't make as much money on it, but we sold a hell of a lot more of it. And you get those are little things that you take the luck of having the product and then you use it to your advantage. And that's that's kind of what you do. And if you're successful, those things work. So, anyway. yeah, so exactly. And it, but again, I guess the end all be all is know where you don't know and listen to people that do know and have been successful in those areas. And you're right. Yeah. I mean, the other thing about you guys that's so good is you're not controversial. And you can't be. No. You're not big enough to be controversial. You know you're not ESPN. Yeah. You know you're not uh, TVG, whatever other stuff there is. So you stay away from that. You voice your opinion, but it's not a fighting opinion. You're not trying to fight somebody. You know right. What I mean? Yep. That's very good. Yep. Um, yeah. And that's – yeah, exactly. We, we Well, I mean, the way we look at that – we're here to give picks, right? Yeah. So what does that have to do with anything else? Absolutely. You know? So, uh, yeah, Curtis says, hope to run into dudes at Keeneland or the Derby. I think either one's very possible for sure. Um, I think we'll be there bluegrass day uh, at Keeneland. Um, Where's Curtis at? Where's he live? I'm guessing you're in Kentucky if you're going Keeneland or Derby. Uh, but I don't, I don't know for sure where the great Curtis is located, but uh, uh, if you're at the Derby, you could also meet, meet Dennis. I would imagine Dennis will be at the Derby yeah. as well. Um, Car Ramron says free picks brought me to the site. And that's a lot of people because like I said, they, they, the site does rank very well. And, uh, and then magic Mike blinkers off. And now, you know, you're looking at the content and that's a, that's the biggest thing. At first we had free picks and then it's like, okay, people are coming, but what more can we offer people, you know? And so that's what brought, you know, Blinkers Office first, then Magic Mike came along. And now this YouTube stuff has blown up and we we, we really like doing that kind of stuff as well. Oh, yeah. Short little videos. This part's fun. And I don't think a lot of people realize how much work we all do, how much we all yeah. do not that we're overworked by any stretch of the imagination, but, or I'm not, you are, but I'm not, but how much we all contribute to make it work behind the scenes, you know? Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot that goes into it for sure. You got to have a lot of hands and, and, you know, as you know, 
at first it was when you're small, you, you do it yourself. And then yeah. you realize, well, I can't do all that, you know? So and again, you realize you got a guy like Samich who wants to, to yeah, Dennis, yeah, you do a bunch of tracks. It's a lot of work. And, but you got guys like Samich and, and magic that want to help and, and, and slim to some degree. And even like a Dr. Miranda or a Vinny, same, same thing, you know? Mm-hmm. And you realize, well, they can provide something that I can't, you know, and that people will want to see. So that's in a nutshell. That, that's, you know, I don't know about other sites. I, I don't know, but I, I've always told people this. When we make a pick, we mean it. We're not just picking something just to be picking something. I get, <laughs> I get pissed when I miss them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Even if I don't even bet anything on it, I get so damn mad, <laughs> you know. Yeah, because I don't want to let people down. I don't. I don't want to do that. I. I mean, I. When I say I think this is the way it's going to go, I truly mean that. <laughs> I take it personal. Right. Yeah. And I know you do too. We should post sometimes our group messages when we're watching <laughs> bets that we've made and we've given out. How mad we get. Yeah. Um. By the way, you you like Doctor Tang, right? Love him. Well, let's give him a big time shout out. Dr. Tang just hit the pick five at Gulfstream for $1 for a payout of $26,500. Okay, I'm starting to like him less. I Don't text me tonight, Dr. Tang. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> this guy is the nice. Here's, here's another he thing. He's so excited. He's texting me like 100 miles an hour. I can't believe he hasn't texted me, but. I'm kind of hurt, but uh, here's a guy who texts me all the time. Never seen him. Yeah. You have. I haven't. Yeah. But like we're just we're just jabbering away, texting each other, and that's the amazing thing about this whole thing. So and that's the greatest thing about. Uh, oh, there he is. That's the greatest thing about uh, uh, this whole thing that started is meeting people like like Doc. You know and. He's a, he's just one of many Dennis. Uh, yeah, my goodness, like we've met so many nice people. Oh, Dennis is a great guy. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's all through racing. Never met him, but yes, yeah. Doc. Wow, that's great. That's great. That is fantastic. Uh, his his horse turned for home, and had about a six length lead. And boy, they were starting to come at him late. But you know. If you're watching this race, you don't have 20 whatever thousand on the line. It's not that big a deal. You weren't too worried, but I'm sure he was worried a little bit. Just uh, awesome, awesome hit. Uh, oh, he is. Great job. And he really is a doctor, by the way. Yes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Curtis. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Uh, let's see. That's pretty good stuff. He said he hit the carryover pick five last night. Nice. First time I've ever hit anything at that place and might be the last. Hey. Good place to stop. That, <laughs> hey, I tell you what, that was not easy to hit. You should be very proud of yourself. That was awesome. Very awesome. Great yep. job. I don't know off top hand what that one paid. I think it's pretty decent, though. So great job. Great job. You mean they hit pick fives and they pay? Like when we hit pick fours, they don't pay? (laughs) (laughs) At Remington, they don't pay. Yeah, that's right. Uh, You know, the thing about Doc, you know, yesterday I hit the pick five at uh, Gulfstream when it paid 400 bucks. And now he's getting it today when it's paying whatever, 26, whatever I just said. So, yeah, Yeah. way to go. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. He said, yes, that race was nice to get out before the patients come. Well, that is good because you should be in a very good mood the rest of the day. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I love about the doc. He's checking in in between patients. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what that tells about what he's thinking when the patient comes in, but anyway, that's all right. Around three K. So that's, Oh, that's pretty good. Yes. That's not bad. Very good. Yeah. Congratulations, Dr. Tang. No, I'm, I'm kidding. That's yeah. Fantastic. I knew beforehand what he had because he texted me and I was like, Oh, come on. But he, he had a two, seven, eight there in the last and the eight, seven ran one, two. So no worries there whatsoever. So, no. Anyway. All right. Anything else? I no, I don't have anything. I think we've managed to make four football games last an hour and sixteen minutes. That's pretty good. <laughs> it's good to know that the doctor <laughs> you're right about that. Yeah, we have a long show. I didn't think we'd have one, but the doctor says whether the horse comes in first or last, the cancer patients get first rate care. So that's how he I became the number that. one cancer doctor in Los Angeles. Well, and here's the thing, Dr. Tang. We all at the Racing Dudes, I don't know that we've told you this or not, <laughs> but we're expecting if any of the, heaven forbid that ever happens to any of us, yes, you're going to take us as a patient. <laughs> That's right. That's why we're nice to you. <laughs> oh, Magic's already burned that bridge, but. Uh... Oh, he did. <laughs> yeah, Magic's not nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. We're not Magic. That's right. That's funny. All right. We're getting out of here, guys. Yeah, we are. Good luck. Uh, speaking of magic, if you want to watch his dumbass, 43 <laughs> minutes. 43 minutes until uh, the Magic Mike show. And Dr. Tane, I heard the news will break today on the Magic Mike show. The big news is going to break, Dr. Tane. Go make sure to check in on that. And minutes. I hope I never see you in the office either. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're going to get out of here, guys. We will see you back here on Monday. Have a good one, guys. This is Dude to Bet Sports. Dude to Bet Sports. It's your favorite show. Dude to Bet Sports. Where degenerates go. Dude to Bet Sports. Time to change your approach with Aaron Holderman and his father, the coach. Let's ride. Well, the Associated Press is full of shit. <laughs>